every day on the big show. What? Gordon and Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Time for what's going on here on the big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordo, are you ready to uh, get right to it, find out what's going on? Yeah. I, I've been Look, I've been shopping for golf carts uh, during the breaks, and you can get some pretty good deals on these things. Get yourself a push cart. Don't don't buy yourself an easy go, Gordon. Don't don't get a, a, one of those. What's where 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 would you put that? Uh, in the garage. So you'd move the Ferrari out and put an easy go in. I thought there was a gym in your garage currently. Yeah, there is, but there's room for I find some space for that. But uh, I've never I've never really thought about getting a golf cart before. Actually, by having my own. You well, know? yeah, you should get a push cart. There's plenty out there. You walk. It's kind of the but you're talking about getting a put it on the trailer golf cart, <laughs> just to avoid germs. <laughs> that would be Who kind of are you? Your, it, it would be kind of fun to have your own. Wouldn't yeah, you? just ask Richie Rich. <laughs> they're not i'm sure really i'm sure not. steve balmer will tell you all about it yeah, how do you get from one end of the complex to the other no Walk? They're, not that, they're not that much you know i mean anyway all right well i mean you know walking would be good gordon's one yeah, step poor people gordon's one step closer to like the retirement communities in florida where that's how they get around all day <laughs> the little bubble carts yeah right hey man that would that makes a lot of sense doesn't it no. no. Isn't that good for the environment? No? Walking is great you, for yeah, the environment. Yeah, why, why don't you just walk? Get a push cart, Gordon. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just considering various options. Jake, oh, Porsche anyway, doesn't make a push cart. Look, I'm, I'm curious to know, are there, is there a listener it's pronounced that we Porsche. have? Is where, yeah. Is there a listener out there who, who has their own golf cart? I, I wonder what that's like, owning one of those. Is it worth having to put it on the trailer and trailer it on over to the golf course to have your own or or not? Is it pretentious? Yes. Uh-huh. Is it like, wait a minute. But, but you you're fine it? with being pretentious, so that's no. not that's not an argument. Jake, a golf cart is not about vanity, my friend. It's, it's about for the driving experience. Having your own germ-free ride-along golf experience. No walking here, sir. Well, Austin has his own bowling ball with his name from in the it. DI for eighty-seven cents. <laughs> Not kidding. You, wait, it says Mary on it. That's the name on my bowling ball, <laughs> Mary. Stop it. So, did you have to re-drill the holes, or did uh, I mean, no? I just <laughs> deal with it. My thumb doesn't fit, so I cheat. But whatever. It even came Just, with, in a bag, and it came with a with a little uh, rule book, bowling rule book. <laughs> Just so we, so when you when you fire that ball down the alley, do you yell "Go Mary"? Yep, <laughs> nailed it. 
Or does he say his Hail Marys? Oh, oh nice. It's when it misses, I go, Hail Mary. <laughs> All right. See, this is so, slowly so spiraled, we, spiraled downhill. Should we get back to the segment? Yeah, so I just want to make this clear. I mean, was Mary a good bowler? I mean, does it? are you okay using a woman's bowling ball? Yes. Okay. Would you not be? I don't know. I just wonder how it's different than if you'd gotten a Henry. <laughs> I don't know. But then I'd yell, oh, Henry. Oh, I hate myself. I've, <laughs> I've never owned my own bowling ball. That's this is, something that this I is Maybe start to. there and then go to the golf cart. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> This Let's is so bad. Just, just right. get a push cart, Gordon. Just right, get a push right. cart and walk. It's okay. All right, let's, You'll let's be fine. On. What's going on? All right. What's going on? Uh, if we look at the biggest news across the Zone Sports Network, let's start out with our good friends David and Pat, DJ and PK, 6 to 10 every morning. Here's them talking about the new NCAA uh, proposed rules. What do you think of the NCAA allowing kids to make cash off their likeness? It makes me a little nervous. It doesn't mean that I don't think they should get it, because I do. But I'm just concerned about other issues that could develop once the player has the money. What you're referring to is a syndrome that has a name. This is a real thing. It's happened a million times. You're referring to the law of unintended consequences. Something will happen, and you will fix one problem, but that doesn't mean that there are no more problems. It just creates other issues in other places. It's the logical next step in the progression of what we're having here in the idea of giving the player more freedom, more access, more of a cut. You know, I think that's the essence of it. Does it water it down and what's its extreme uh, most innocent purpose was supposed to be? Yeah, I suppose. But if you're on the inside to any degree, you realize that has been obliterated a million times over. And that's just the way it is. So why not bring it more out of the closet, so to speak? I don't know that you're ever going to regulate it completely and everything is going to be completely above board and all that stuff. I think that's probably impossible because you're dealing with too many people. And the emphasis on winning is so great. You know, that's that's where, to me, that's where I diverge. I'm all in with the sports fan who's passionate and loves it and is a significant part of his or her life. I'm all for that. But the result of the particular game, that's where I stop. And, and I don't really go down that road to where somehow if uh, a college team wins a ball game, that that just really improves the quality of my life. That's I've never really had that type of thing. But I'm all for the fun of it and the excitement and the participation and the enjoyment. It doesn't mean you're not happy when your team wins. I understand all that. But to want to do something that is unsavory to help my team win, that, that's sort of ridiculous. But that stuff is going on. I understand that. It goes on in recruiting trips. It goes on in every possible form. And so maybe this way you could clean it up to a degree, recognizing that it's probably only a small degree. And these kids, they're receiving all sorts of benefits in terms of the facilities that are being built and have been built because we've seen that with what Clemson has. And that's great. But, uh, you know, a slide or a hot tub in your locker or whatever it might be, it's not really putting money in your pocket. And so if you can find a way to do that and they can benefit financially because of so much that they bring into it, I am 100% all for it. I think those guys framed it up nicely. Mm, law of unintended consequence. Uh, PK is just saying he could live with it. I don't know if he knows. I don't, I don't know if he can. 
And I agree with PK in, in philosophy, you know, bring it all above board. So why, why leave the shoe and apparel companies out of it? That doesn't bring it all above board. That leaves the worst part of it in the dark still. You've already explained that, though. Well, radio's not linear, Gordon. I'm no, kidding. no, I'm just saying that that's <laughs> the powers that be don't want to allow that. So, I don't know. Which is it? You know, what do you really value? And certainly this isn't playing into the value of fairness. This is going to make things much more unfair. Well, it's fair for the athletes. Uh, I guess I'm talking about uh, competitive fairness. Yeah, but it is already not fair. It is not level at all. And it's going to get it's, worse now. Well, it might get – I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get worse because it's already pretty bad. But I, I, I'm willing to deal with that as long as the athletes are fairly remunerated for things they deserve, and I think they deserve it. Like a $1,000 an autograph for a freshman who's been on campus for a month. But who – <laughs> who's going to pay that? Come on. It's going to happen. Why are you saying who's going to pay that? Yeah, people are going to do it. It's not about the value of the autograph, Gordon. It's about the excuse to have money change hands. Yeah, but, Jake, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do instead of have the, having this completely uneven system where you have the institutions getting all the money and the athletes getting relative crumbs. And in this case, they can at least benefit from from their own likeness. And uh, that's something that I'm in favor of. Kind of. You're just putting a different stamp. It's... It's almost like uh, it, it's almost like laundering money. Let me put it this way, Gordon: like money launderers out there who say, you know, launder money through a building project where they're paying, you know, ten grand for a toilet seat, you know, that sort of thing. So it's going to be, hey, can I have your autograph, running back, who I want to come to Utah? Great, that's awesome. Here's five grand for that autograph. And if you come to Utah, well, there's many more uh, of my family that need autographs. Wink, wink, just so you know. Oh, Jake, that's already happening. I'm not saying it's happening at Utah, but it's happening everywhere. And it's punishable. If somebody wants to give you this a will handshake make it un- and they happen to have, uh, have a, a check for $5,000 in the palm of their hand when they do it, that, I mean, that's that's been going on for five decades. But it was against the rules, and now it's not. Well, well, it 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 kind of is. If depending on it's going to make it way less enforceable. Well, it's already not enforceable. It should be enforceable. Just because they're choosing not to enforce it doesn't mean that it's not enforceable. Well, it's impossible for them to enforce that. They don't have. They don't have the resources necessary to do it. That's why I was rooting for the FBI in the FBI thing with college <laughs> basketball, because I think if you saw some head coaches land behind bars, then it would have changed the culture. I mean, why don't, and I mean this sincerely, why don't you cheat on your taxes, Gordon? It probably wouldn't be that hard, but my guess is you don't want to end up in jail. Right. I don't. Yeah, exactly. None of us. No, nobody does. College head coaches don't want to end up in jail, but they know the punishment for cheating or in, in cases of committing fraud is going to be they, a show cause penalty from the NCAA. What kind of what kind of deterrent is that? But, Jake, you, you do acknowledge the fact that under the rules before this gets implemented, that that's not really fair for the athletes either. 
I think it is. Come and on, I've, I've always be, argued that it was, far, Gordon. In a far corner of your mind, you must understand that it's it's a bad system the way it currently is. It shouldn't be. But maybe but it's it, in bad shape, but it shouldn't be. It, well, it is in bad shape. It's it is. You you bring up the word hypocrisy. We're already there, man. We're already there. Uh, well, maybe so I'm not, not already so there. So why not allow an athlete to endorse something and get some dollars for doing that? But why? are you are you going to apply that logic to to all policy? I mean, you know, uh, col- I, this just in, Gordon. College athletes are taking recreational drugs. It's already happening. Should they just allow it to? No, but it's it's a part of the American dream. But it's already happening, you, you got, Gordon. It's some, already you happening. Some, you got some kid who's 14 years old, and he's busting his hump every day to become the best quarterback he can become. And when he when it comes time to go to a college, he decides to go somewhere, and he wants to make some money because he's a star, and he and he is who he is, and somebody wants to give him money because he is who he is. What's the matter with that? Because it really does open up the gate to why aren't they paid a salary? And if that happens, then see, this is just pretending. Do you believe in amateurism or you don't? And you don't. I got it. I know yours, but I do. And if you cross the bridge where OK, we're moving the the goalposts, so to speak, on what it takes to be an amateur athlete, how far does that go? And well, and I, I value Jake, college athlete, athletics. And if it gets Jake, down to you've got to run it like a pro franchise, it's not going to exist anymore. Well, you've got to look at why you love amateurism so much. The whole reason that amateurism was installed in the first place was to limit liability on the part of the colleges so they didn't have to take that responsibility. That's why it was put in place from the beginning. Right. So what's your point? I think there's plenty of value there. Oh, how is that valuable? It's valuable to the institutions because their liability is it's valuable to the athletes because they're getting opportunities they would not have had, whether they yeah, appreciate yeah, why, it or not. Why is that so noble? What do you mean, why is that so noble? It's well, trade. But, 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 but I, I don't understand why you cling to that as though that is such an end-all, be-all that that's, that that's some, to be glorified. Because that's what it's all based on, student-athletes. But, but it was put there in the first place so it would be an so economic that, advantage to the institutions. So why do you treat that with such holiness? It was put there in the first place so that they could sell tickets to have uh, uh, people come watch the games before all the millions of dollars and all that stuff. It's their way to work around uh, the, some really good laws that are out there. And if you don't think that they're getting fair trade, I guess I'd listen to that argument. But I believe that they, uh, but that that they do. It isn't fair trade when 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 institutions are making billions of dollars off these kids who are getting, you know, they they're getting an education, but in relative dollars, it's it's almost nothing. Then don't go. That nobody's twisting their arms to go. Then don't yeah, go. What's the matter with tweaking that so that it can be modified at least? Because I, I mean, are are you on solid grounds from a like a uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for from a uh, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I said before, you're either for amateurs or amateurism why? or you're not. Why, you, you, why, 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 why how can you come you, halfway? 
Why can't you modify it like in the Olympics? Because it's where not they, a professional they, where, where, sports organization. It's not. But but the Olympics were supposedly all about amateurism too. But they modified that so that it makes more sense for those that are pouring their entire lives into the endeavor. Because the Olympics are not tied to our country's educational system, and this is, and that's a big uh, part of its value. Oh, it man. is. If you're going to go down that road, then we're all screwed. If you're that, it, it, if you're that star quarterback, then don't go. If you don't want to participate in college athletics, then don't yeah, but, go. But, yeah, but what you're doing, Jake, is you're setting this, you're setting up these rules that are advantageous to the institution, and then saying, "Huh, okay, tough luck. If you don't like it, then lump it." It's not tough luck. I mean, they get all sorts of benefits off of it, and and to benefit the institution. Since when are the universities the enemy? Since when is our higher uh, education system the enemy? I didn't say it was the enemy. I just think it should be evened out a tad bit. Why? Because it, it, it's the American way. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Uh, Gordon, as industries make if bargains work, with the American work, way all the time, we, we talked yeah, about this. I, the the but, NBA but, draft is completely un-American, but yet we live with it. Somehow we're fine with that. All we're, right, we're fine still, with forcing let, people where to work. You're you're fine but, with that. Well, because it's a workaround of the rules, so don't get me un-American. We do that all the time. I know, but it's it, to me, it seems like it's it's uh, equitable to have an athlete who's a great college player get a little something extra out of his extra effort that he put into it to begin with, and that guy might not even make it as a pro. They're getting plenty. Uh, what's your definition of plenty? To me, it, it, you look at the relative value of what they're giving. And if an athlete is giving uh, a, a great value to an institution, why penalize him? Because you want to have the rules uh, favor this glorification of amateurism when he is the one that's generating that money for the institution. It's so why not, throw it's all not the, he why, alone. Why throw... Why throw all the blame on the kid instead of on the institution itself? Why, bl- why blame? Why, why, why are we talking about blame? There's a blame? What are you talking well, about? And the kid, by the way, is getting tax-free room and board, food, facilities, medical care, travel, and one hell of a lifetime experience. My answer to that is so. He's also, if it's a star athlete at, at a school somewhere... He's bringing in millions of dollars for that institution. So, like, five people in history have had a gripe. Oh, I think it's more than that. I would argue that 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 it's the the logo on the front of the jersey that's making far more than the players. Well, it's both. For the university, is it? So where's the value there? How much is it, players? If those great great athletes aren't coming to that school... No one's going to give a flying rip about that. And if those athletes go play AAA, whatever the sport is, in the middle of nowhere Wyoming, they're they're certainly not going to get the opportunity that they would get playing collegiate football. Well, you watch and see what's going to happen in, in with this basketball situation now. How many kids are going to end up going to the G League and make half a million dollars a year instead of going to Duke or Kansas or someplace else where they can be paid what they're worth to develop, to be to get into the NBA, and that's going to last and for, they're, and they're and they're going to bypass college basketball completely. Why? Because it's not worth their time and effort. And because that, the institution is the one that's getting the value, not the kid. 
and we'll see how much value they generate in the G, in the G League. Uh, well, they're all right. Yeah, but they're, but they're making that decision. Because... I got it. But they're not net positive from a revenue standpoint. The NBA is sacrificing to pay them that, and it's only going to last for a couple of years until they change the one and done rule anyway, which I'm fine with. In fact, I think they should change the one and done rule. I think that's ridiculous. If if you want to provide another avenue for people to choose, I'm all for that. I'm just also in favor of college athletics. I really am. I, I don't I, think I it just, will be the death I, of college basketball if they get rid of the one-and-done rules and some of these players go right to the NBA. I think college basketball will be just fine because the value is not necessarily in the player. It's not. Jake, I don't understand what you have against the athlete. All the good things that you're talking about – what problem you have with the athlete? I don't have a problem with more. an athlete. I think they get a ton. I do. They I think get they some, get, but, but they get plenty. But who are you? But who are you or I to define what is enough for them? We're not. You the know, market will go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go to college. Then go. To, go somewhere else. Go why, to Europe. Go to G League. Go somewhere why else. You, no. Why are you making that rule? Why can't they do both? I'm not making a rule. I'm in fact enforcing freedom. Go somewhere else. Go build. If why, you've got that big not? time brand, go make money somewhere else. Why, go play why, in the why, CF, why uh, CFL. Go. Uh, I don't care. Create your own YouTube channel. Don't don't but, sign but, up for college athletics. Then, if there's no benefit sports, for, to it, don't do it. College sports is trying to bridge that gap, and you're saying it's either all one or all the other. And I think there's middle ground for them to find a little more fairness. Well, and they're going to try it, and we'll see how it goes. I wish you guys would disagree sometimes. Coming up next, Donovan Mitchell. Will you play, will you play what Jake said that one time about college athletes and what uh, what should happen with them, Austin? He's kind of flip-flopping, they... isn't he? I hate yeah. amateurism. Pay those college athletes. Jake? What? Well, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Coming up next, Donovan Mitchell was on a podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski. We'll play some highlights. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's as simple as something that nobody knows it. Her eyes are as big as her bubbly toes. On the feet of a queen of the hearts of the cards. And her feet are all covered with towel balls and scars. It's a common or something that nobody knows it. Her beauty will follow wherever she goes up the hill. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Very tense on the show today, even during the breaks. I'm laughing at the people who are uh, uh, tweeting at us about uh, my, my need for a golf cart. And... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Chad, for instance, he says, yes, get your own golf cart and live close to a course so you can drive it there. It's the only way to go. That's a good idea. Read read the other one from Monkey Ben. Hey, Gordon needs a golf cart so he can go check on how Lisa's yard work is coming along. <laughs> <laughs> With the frosted lemonade in the cup holder. That's really not true. Yeah. Lisa doesn't do that much yard work. <laughs> wow. And yet 100% more than you do. No, not 100. <laughs> 300. <laughs> See, it's not all or nothing, Jake. That's what I'm trying to tell you about this other discussion. It's not all or nothing. It can be like 3070. <laughs> oh boy! All right, let's listen to Donovan, shall we? Can we hear a few yeah. of these cup, uh, cuts? Here's he was on the Wojcast, part of ESPN, with Adrian Wojnarowski. Donovan Mitchell talked about how he's staying in shape. 
Well, okay, never mind. We've got to get that racked up. I thought we talked about I, I chunked it all together. Oh, did you chunk it all together? Yeah. Okay, good. I didn't get that message. Pardon me. We've chunked it's it all together. My, my bad. That's, you know. And uh, See, we're going to play it all. All of in, those things are included. Are, in are in the same one. Oh, oh, good. Well, that's just, that's See, just terrific. That's, you know, look, yeah, this is a pro bowler it. moment for me. This why, is why nice. Why don't you play it, and then we'll discuss what was said. All right. Here's, 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 I put that six minutes and 30 Seconds. I there. see. So yeah. this is a, a so highlight package. Maybe it's its own segment? Uh, question mark. Uh, just uh, sort of. Uh, get I caught. highlighted it. Uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Pro Bowler. It says Pro Bowler. Um, <laughs> let's get to the uh, roughly six and a half minutes of uh, of Donovan Mitchell with Adrian Wojnarowski. Yensir. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yensir uh, from the Shelton Boys and Girls Club wants to know what's the atmosphere like playing for the Jazz. And what was your biggest fear you had to overcome in your rookie season? The environment is insane in Utah. Uh, the fans are the fans are um, they're really into it. You know, I think for for me, just being able, to, I played I played it at Louisville, and it reminds me of Louisville how into it they are. We walk around and they love us. They they treat us like you know we're we're kings, and I think it's a special feeling for for sure. And well, just, I know you've seen it uh, firsthand, but it's something to something to really behold uh, coming down to a game out there. And then the second one was uh, my biggest fear. I never told this story to anyone publicly, so this will be the first time I'll tell somebody. Um, we're breaking the news here. I like Russell it. Well, so Russell Westbrook was a um, a big uh, my one of my favorite players, and um, so I you know he does that thing where he sits on the bench um, and kind of pregame. So for me, like I had to like physically like to see him and kind of get that you know oh it's Russell Westbrook out my head. His Stephen Adams is standing in front of him. And I like peek around and Steven moves and Russell's like giving me the death stare, like right in my first game playing Russell Westbrook. He's looking right at me like completely. And I'm, I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, you know, like I'm kind of stuck for a second. And that was probably the only time where I was like a little nervous. Like, you know, he's like, you're like, Oh, like, what do I do with this guy? I've emulated his moves nonstop. And now he's just staring at you, like kind of trying to instill fear in you. And I think that was one of the moments where it was like, you know, all right, you got to get over this. This is from Drew in the Reading Easton Boys and Girls Club. Donovan, he wants to know, how are you keeping in game shape while all this is going on? Um, I ended up having to get a treadmill. I had to get elliptical. I have weights. Uh, I've been running a, on a field close by to me. Um, just trying to stay in shape in that way. It's tough without being able to actually shoot a basketball. I've been shooting in my backyard, but I think those are ways. Just staying in shape, eating right. Um, can't say I did that. Did a good job of that in isolation. I didn't do too well of a job. But now that I'm out of that and I'm I'm good, I've been back on my diet and um, just kind of stay focused and stay locked in. Donovan, I I know this is a question that's close to your heart because I know you have you have talked with kids. You've dealt with this in Utah this past season, and I know you feel strongly about this. Joe from the Bristol Boys and Girls Club asks, "What would you tell youth who are bullied? How would you deal with a bully?" The first thing I would say, you know, people who bully are insecure with themselves or there's something going on around them, you know. So a lot of times people feel, oh, they're bullying me. And the first thing I tell the kid is it's the complete opposite. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with the person, you know, and it may not be them. Maybe maybe their parents are getting into a fight at the house that they, they just find some way to let out. And it, it, it's you. And I think it's. It's, a, it's messed up, don't get me wrong, but I want everyone to know, whoever's listening, you know, who may have been 
uh, a victim of bullying is that it's not you. Let somebody know. Don't hold it in and think there's something that you have to hide or you're going to get into trouble because at the end of the day, you know, it's not you. And I want everybody to know that that's, that's my biggest message and being able to speak and come forward and not to be afraid. At the end of the day, they're insecure within themselves and don't look at it as, as an internal thing. It's in, it's again, it's, it's them and being able to go out there and seek help, I think is huge. This is from Jacob in the Bristol boys and girls club. He wants to know, do you have a favorite game NBA game that you played in? And if so, what, why was that your favorite? Game six, OKC, um, easily. Um, that was my first, that was for me and our team, that was our first playoff series win, my first playoff series win with the Jazz. Um, for those people who don't know the backstory, uh, we've been playing back and forth, and um, we had, were supposed to win in OKC, but um, we kind of, Russell Westbrook kind of had one of his special games, him and Paul George, and then we came back home and, you know, we handled business. But for me, as a rookie playing against, Paul, Paul and Carmelo, I went to, I've used to watch Carmelo in the garden as a kid. Uh, Paul really told me to basically come to the NBA, him and CP. And then a guy who I used to emulate and Russell Westbrook on the same team. And for us to beat them, that was, was one of the biggest long career in my life. Um, I never forget that. The nerves on that game, I think were at an all time high. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, Donovan, there are a lot of questions in here. <laughs> from Nick fans want to know when you're going to come play for the Knicks. Celtic fans want to know when you're going to come play for the Celtics. So I'm just throwing that out there. But I have seen this one, Donovan, from a few different, a few different ones. When you were a young person and learning to deal with stress and how you manage stress, and now we know there is a lot of stress, and I wonder if you might have just a couple things to keep in mind when you're trying to manage that stress, when you're trying to deal with this day in and day out. With, with the quarantines that we have in, uh, in place in, in Connecticut mm -hmm. and obviously all over the country? Um, I'll first start off by saying, you know, that's a, that's a very good question. Everybody has that one thing, you know, they have something positive that they've had in life that, you know, they can get back to whether it's a, an imagination, you know, a mental thing. Like, I feel like for me, I've had, you know, I've had games, you know, was I've had stretches where I've played pretty, pretty poorly. You know, you get stressed out. There's always something for me. That outlet is really uh, playing the drums. You know, that's something I've done. And I've really picked up on this year that really helped me just kind of let out, you know, all the whether it's anger, frustration, whether it's talking to somebody. I know guys have have seen therapists. That's that's huge. But being able to talk to them. Stress for me is a little bit a little bit different because I look at it and I say there are families out there that I know that have way less than what I have, so there's no need to even you know even be stressed. Um, but you know I, I think being able to to sit there and just say wow like you know God is good. You know I've, I'm big on religion and, and faith and believing in God, and you know everything happens for a reason. But eventually it always gets there. You just got to believe. And like I said, talking to people really helps. For sure. That was Donovan Mitchell with Adrian Wojnarowski on the Woj podcast. And Gordon, I didn't know Donovan Mitchell picked up the drums. How about that? No, I, I didn't know that either. Didn't know that either. Interesting comments there from Donovan. I thought every one of them was interesting. I don't know about Woj pushing Nick fans and Celtic fans saying, when are you going to come play for us? You know, well, that Donovan did make just, it a little awkward, yeah, for jazz Don, fans anyway. Yeah, Donovan did chuckle, but... Uh, Moved on from there. Yeah. All right. So Russell, so Russell Westbrook was uh, was his big uh, guy. Uh, that made that series, like he was talking about, monumental for him. 
All right, coming up next, we have a Mountain America Market Update. David Locke will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Greg Miller joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. She's got a whole lot of reasons. She can think of a single one that can justify leaving. He got none, but he thinks he got so many problems. And he got too much time to waste. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a Mountain America market update. Let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, our friend Ray Nishikawa with us back on The Big Show. Hi, Ray. What's happening? Jake, uh, everything's going well. How are you doing? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, it's beautiful weather outside, certainly. And let's talk about those markets. How would we do today? Well, we did pretty well. Uh, markets closed up strong. Uh, the Dow was up 532 points, and the S&P was up 76. You know, the interesting thing today is uh, we had a mixed bag. Um, we'll start with the bad news. The economy actually shrank uh, 4.8% in the first quarter of this year. Uh, that's compared to last year. But we had two pieces of good news. Uh, first, Dr. Fauci, uh, in his press conference, told us that the initial reports for the uh, Gilead antiviral trials were really, really promising. And they're hoping now to pair it with other drug trials and creating this this cocktail, so to speak, for treatment. And so they're going to keep monitoring the situation, but so far, so good. And the Fed also reaffirmed holding interest rates close to or at zero just to keep lending cheap and to keep liquidity in the market. So today, hope overcame, you know, pretty terrible economic news. So with that sort of uh, to and fro in the market, how can an investor strengthen his chances uh, through those kinds of uh, factors? Well, you know, a day like this, and we're going to have a lot of these days going forward, is, you know, when you're given amount, a, good, a good amount of hope like this, you know, the, the message here is just to stay diligent. You know, days like today, that light at the end of the tunnel looks really, really bright. It's a good reminder that we still have a long ways to go. The vaccine is way, way uh, far ahead, probably 12 to 18 months of a long ways on this tunnel. And you know, the most vulnerable time is when we get used to something or we begin thinking that we have it all figured out. Um, and so as tradition, um, I have another Lakers analogy for you guys. All right. Um, so if we recall the Trailblazers, right, in uh, 2000, in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, they had a great team. Game 7, series is tied. In the fourth quarter, they're up by 15 points. Now, we know what happened, but the key point of that game, though, is there's two sides of that game. Now, we can either call it a heroic comeback, or we can call it a monumental collapse. So going back to what I said earlier, we have to stay diligent. Don't be the Blazers. We have to be the Lakers. <laughs> All right, Ray, I like it. Always good with that analogy, Ray. Hey, <laughs> well, th- thank you very much. Thank you, my man. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks, Ray. No, always my pleasure. Thank you so much. That's our good friend, uh, friend Ray Nishikawa from Mountain America Investment Services, and that's another Mountain America update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible.
You want to be the, the comeback, not the collapse, Gordon. That's what we're aiming for. Yeah, that must be so painful for you when he uses those kinds of analogies, uh, being the anti-L.A. guy you are. I'm not an anti-L.A. guy. I just uh, don't like how pro-L.A. Pro people are. <laughs> okay. I don't think they're any different there than they are anywhere else. It's just that they have had their more than their fair share of winning through the years. Then why, do, why do people just love telling you about it? <laughs> because they're fans? I mean, not not just the, the Lakers, but the Southern California in general. Uh, L-A-K-E-R-S. I, I imagine it's because they were... Look, my wife was one of these people. She thought Southern California was the only place to live. She thought that that was, that was it. She's not the only one in the family. Then she moved here to Utah and fell in love with it here. She I will get a Lakers it. tattoo on my forehead. <laughs> no, that's, t- that's taken totally out of context. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to our dear friend David Locke, uh, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll see what uh, Locke's up to and uh, see where... Uh, he thinks the NBA is out at the moment. We'll also uh, get his reaction to what Donovan Mitchell was talking about with Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah. Oh, I thought you had more from me than that, Gordon. You sounded like you had no. something there. You just, no, no, I, you no, no, I just, uh, you're a hater. <laughs> you're a hater. Yeah. You hate Southern California. You hate athletes getting a, a little bit more of an advantage out of the hard work and sweat of their brow and you're just a hater yeah <laughs> that's, that's all it. i'm giving you the- california <laughs> yeah yep for yeah <laughs> stay tuned lock next 97.5 and 1280 the zone l-a-k-e-r-s i love 